Corey Hybee, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. If you want to learn more about your hosts, make sure to listen to episode one. Ladies, the other day, I realized what my guilty pleasure was, and I'm kind of curious what yours is. <laughs> oh, you're going to go there? We have a reveal. Are we I know. Reveal? Wait, can you reveal yours? Reveal sure, yours sure. first. So um, I've been doing this for a few years now, and I, it's funny because I feel so sneaky doing it with, I don't know why, but <laughs> when I travel, if I have a long layover at an airport and I see they've got like chair massages I always 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 oh, cave and do it yes <laughs> it's yes. like ridiculously stupid expensive like it's like paying double like if you just do a normal massage yes. but I don't know there's just something about that that I'm like yes I'm just gonna go take a couple oh. minutes for it myself get a little pampering done I love yeah. it yeah <laughs> well, thank you a guilty pleasure I'm guilty of too because oh. if I can squeeze it in I'm gonna try as well totally. oh, man I feel like I just got permission <laughs> like I'm gonna go do that. And you should. Nice one, Chris. You have one. I, well, I absolutely do. I think mine would be Sundays. You know, binge watching TV. Mrs. B's salty caramel chocolates next to me. <laughs> if it's later in the day, it's red wine with it. If it's earlier in the day, I've got coffee. I've always got coffee somewhere near me uh-huh. uh, <laughs> throughout the day. Oh, but love uh, I love Aww. binge watching. And usually it's just something that's going to take my mind off of everything. Yes. Yeah. Recently, that's been Schitt's Creek. Uh, oh, I'm probably on show. my fifth turn watching it because yes. it's so not my life that, yeah. you know, I just have a complete mind dump. I'm not thinking about anything. Love yeah. Nice. I love it. Okay. So mine, um, and this is a big reveal for people that know me. I'm a, you know, I'm a mom with two kids and part of the whole, like the mom thing is the baking. And I know Lori is a baker. And so I feel guilty about this one, but you know what I love to do when I walk into the grocery store, if they have the, the muffins in the little plastic tin and they're like, take me home. I'm like, yes, sir. You're coming home with me. So those muffins, right. When you get into the grocery store, I don't bake my own muffins. I buy those. And that's, is there a particular flavor you know what i'll just i'll take anything but i really enjoy the they have um pistachio they're green yeah they're kind of ridiculous looking but they're delicious <laughs> so pistachio grocery store muffins how's that perfect that's yeah good. That's good. <laughs> my dark side think of you next time i see those <laughs> okay grab one all right people i am personally super excited about this next con- our guest today because um sue i've had the pleasure of talking with her we interact on a bunch of other social platforms and she just i think she just is the the greatest embodiment of everything i love about manufacturing a family history a great story a passion she's a regional here in the upper midwest it's just everything that i love so um with no further ado let me introduce sue um 
Sunor Nguyen is the president of Obsidian Manufacturing Industries, and she's held that position since 2018. Mm -hmm. Sue previously worked in a part-time capacity for the family business while raising her three kiddos. She has a long history within the manufacturing industry, with some of her earliest memories being her father talking about working in manufacturing. So great. She finds the marketing aspects of her job the most enjoyable. So we'll talk about that today. And is zeroed in on establishing her company as a leader within the industry. It's so awesome. Welcome, Sue. Hey. There, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. We're I'm excited just, today. Yeah, we're excited too. Um, we're gonna dive in. You know, we're gonna ask you a bunch of personal questions about your guilty pleasures. Ha ha, not really. Um, <laughs> but before before we do that, just set the stage for our listeners that might not yet know about Obsidian. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna get some more info from you just in in your insights. Share those with us. So, tell us about Obsidian. Um, Obsidian started out in 2007 um, as uh, Magnalock uh, USA Incorporated, which is one of our brands. Okay. And that was like our first brand. And my husband um, like started the company with my support, but I was in the background because um, I, I, our youngest was in second grade when that happened. Um, so I still needed to be home for her and, and my other two kids. So in 2010, we added a couple more brands, uh -huh. um, acquired some more uh, lift magnets brands. And then in 2018, we purchased um, another brand, Ardor Precision Grinding Machines. Okay. And then we um, ended up, that's when we did some stock transfers and I ended up taking over the majority of the stock. So we became woman owned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, our daughter, ooh. our daughter graduated, um, the year before, so she was off to college and I said, I finally coming back full time. And my husband was a little relieved because it's a <laughs> <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it was a lot for me. I mean, I was carrying around a laptop everywhere and sports yeah. games and in the middle of the <laughs> night. And <laughs> it was yeah. nice to just be able to go to work and then go home. Yeah. Um, and then in 2019, we acquired a grinding business that had went out of business mm -hmm. and we moved into their building. So that's how we are where we are at today. Oh, wow. Awesome. A lot going on over there. It's awesome. There is a lot going on. <laughs> Keeps yeah, us I love busy. That story. Perfect. Well, I, you know, just to jump into some questions, I'm curious uh, for you, Sue, and everything you have over at Obsidian right now. Mm -hmm. What's really changed on the sales and marketing side over the last five years? And I know that's a big time period because there, there's been so much that's happened. You know, you have the pandemic yeah. in the middle of that, the recovery, exactly. the supply chain shortages. So I imagine there's a pretty good shift, but just curious what's changed for your team. Well, I think in general, and it applies to our team because um, we sell machine tools and uh, machinery. So there's lots of different kinds of manufacturing, but the metal, you know, metal forming and working and cutting and all that um, is a pretty big sector part of the manufacturing sector. And traditionally, when my dad was in um, manufacturing in the like the 70s, I mean, he was goes way back to the 50s, but 
-hmm. I can specifically remember like in the seventies, um, sales, there were the salesmen and they traveled yeah. all over and mm -hmm. it was very intense. And the sale almost began with them. They were out searching for leads, doing cold calls, that type of thing. And now that's kind of on the back burner. I mean, it's, it's more marketing is up there in front, yeah. mm -hmm. which way mm -hmm. back then um, it was advertising, not really marketing. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of print ads and things like that. So, you know, fast forward, I have a husband that's been a machinist since 1984. And then of course my dad's no longer with us, but he has, was a big influence for my husband and I. So we have that mindset that that's the way sales should be yeah. still for yeah. our, for our products and our industry. And, um, it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, you can do a lot from just sitting at your computer. Yeah. Digital marketing is, is really taken over. And even in the last five years, I can remember talking to my husband and saying, you know, we need to get on social media. We need to have a digital marketing presence and everything. And he's like, oh, I don't know. You can, <laughs> you can try that, but we're going to keep doing what we're, you've always done. Yeah. Uh -huh. And now fast forward five years, I think with um, the pandemic happening, it actually, yeah. you know, surged it forward for a lot of businesses, oh, totally. not just mm -hmm. manufacturing, but all over. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that manufacturing is on the cusp of something new. I think yeah. that they're going to start leaning more on marketing. Um, not that sales isn't important. It's, it's a team event in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 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 I think it's changed a lot. Yeah, oh, it really has. It's, well, it's changed because the buyers changed, you know, as you, yeah. you know, your, your father's no longer around and that's that, that whole generation isn't buying anymore. It's a younger generation that's buying and they grew up with technology and that's how they do their research and that's how they learn. And that's how they exactly. figure out where do I find this next thing that I need to buy? They do it for their own personal, you know, um, items that they need. So why not incorporate that into how they function in their careers as well? Exactly. And I think digital marketing helps um, a lot of companies sell direct. So mm -hmm. distributors and that type of thing, they're still mm -hmm. around. I mean, it's still part of a big part of the market, but um, I think that a company can easier sell easier, just direct, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, I, I don't even really understand how companies would sell direct and have distributors because and that was something that one of our brands was experiencing for years. Traditionally, um, they sold direct, but they also had all these distributors all over the place. And I don't know how you, I don't, I don't even can't wrap my brain around how they would be competing with each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I can't imagine doing business without the internet. Yeah. Back that, then when I'm talking about is without the internet. So I suppose that's, that is a big factor. I, I often think about sure. like, what did people do before computers? <laughs> like, what was their work like? Yeah, <laughs> like, or the computer was huge. Right? And... Like, how did what, what, what was work? I don't know. Yeah. I, I know. Like, a lot of manual entry. <laughs> yeah. A lot of paper. A lot of yeah. typewriters. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So also, different. maybe <laughs> not quite as many expectations for what you could yeah. get accomplished True. in a day. So, exactly. You know. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you brought up uh, the apprehension for moving on to social and, and mm-hmm. kind of making some of those changes, because I think there are a lot of manufacturers today who are struggling with that, knowing mm-hmm. that maybe they need to do something different. I had a personal belief as well that if we just built something great, people would come. And I, I was yeah. definitely wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and in exactly. 2020, I had to make some changes too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm so glad that I did. And it's opened up all this opportunity, but I still think there is a generation of manufacturers and I'm not talking about a specific demographic here. Mm-hmm. There's just individuals who are very nervous about taking that step. So, uh, yeah, that's exactly where my husband was at. And, you know, he's on board now a hundred percent, but he was a little iffy there and he's like, you can go ahead and give that a try. And I'm just going (laughs) to keep doing my thing. So we've, we've progressed and he's, he's seen the light on it. I mean, I'm not against print ad and brochures. Those help in certain situations, but Mm -hmm. um, digital marketing, I think is just opened the world up to a lot of different things. And it's, it's a good It's a good thing. Um, He had a lot of reservations about, of course, we have our brands and, you know, they have proprietary protection of, you know, everything. And he was worried, you know, what are you showing on the internet and Mm -hmm. our competitors are going to steal it and that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that might be where some of the old school manufacturers are apprehensive about the digital mm-hmm. marketing. So you mm-hmm. just have to be careful about what you're doing and what you're showing. Yeah. Wow. Well, oh my God. Control. I could talk about this conversation for hours and hours. Remember that episode we did on co-opetition and we yes, were kind yeah, of yeah. like dismantling the old ideas about, yeah. I mean, that was for B2B, but I think yeah. it still applies. There's still this like protectionist impulse that and it keeps people from moving forward because in this day and age, those old habits um, actually don't protect you. They kind of keep you from, from yeah. progress. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, there's a presentation that I've done a handful of times. It's called the biggest mistakes manufacturers make in marketing. And I feel like you guys touched on like half of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she repaired them. Love it. Did it on her own. Love it. All right. We got to keep the conversation going though. Um, Sue, how can a circular economy help manufacturing? Well, it's all about that sustainability that everybody's trying to achieve. Um, we, a lot of our brands, our oldest brand is over a hundred years old. Oh, and, cool. Um, our other three are somewhere around 70, 70, 75 years old. Which one is the, the older one? The Arter, Arter. Arter is a hundred years old. Yep. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and so obviously we are, we are still repairing arters that are a good 75 years old, maybe 80 years old. Some of them come in here wow. or we, we ship spare it. parts That's for them. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> <That is> cool. <laughs> um, so you see old machines like that. And there's a lot of, we've actually had some customers call and say, I, I don't have a need for my ardor, but I can't get rid of it because I just don't want to scrap it. So do you yeah. guys want to buy it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that type of thing. Uh, people just don't want to see that part of manufacturing go away. I mm-hmm. think there's some stability still to it. They, they're a good standby. Um, just for example, our grinders are all cast. So they are just cast iron. They're just, they're not fabricated at all. 
They're a very heavy duty machine that can take a lot of parts. Obviously, if they're still working after 80 years, mm-hmm. um, they're still grinding. They just need to be, you know, rebuilt a little, have yeah. some parts replaced. Their ways need to be scraped, that type of thing. They're still got plenty of decades of grinding left in them. So with the circular economy, you know, you're making, taking, and, you know, preventing the waste. So um, it's just, it's a recycling type uh, mindset as far as instead of just getting rid of the machine, let's see if we can reuse it, break it mm-hmm. down, that type of thing. Yeah, and I, I think that. it could really do wonders for a lot of manufacturers mm-hmm. to right. have that yeah. mindset and that, that type of, I, you know, um, I don't really know when, but somewhere our culture um, moved into where you buy an appliance and then if it breaks, you mm-hmm. just throw it away Yeah, type yep. thing. Right. And I, I, I think of a circular economy as, you know, the, the opposite of that. Let's fix it. Let's that, that type of thing. I guess yeah. I probably have a little bit too much of my parents in me, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, we can, that's where we that. learn our values. No, no throw that you, away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're, so. if your business can't reflect your values, then, you know, it's time to kind of reconsider why you're in what you're in. And, and so I'm hearing that from you, which is awesome. And also kind of, you know, it's not something we haven't, we touch a lot on like, how do we grow manufacturing in terms of the labor force? How do we make this more attractive to young people? And I think you're kind of, you're also way ahead of your time, Sue. You know, you were thinking <laughs> about digital marketing even prior to the pandemic. Yeah, and yeah. you're talking about, you know, a circular economy, which that's a value a lot of young people hold. It's, you know, being mm-hmm. sustainable and thinking about the future of our planet. So you've probably had some time to think about like the, the labor pool and attracting young people to manufacturing. And so when you're thinking about that, what in your mind comes first, nurturing interest in manufacturing career and young people or preparing the schools by establishing tech and vocational classroom? I know it's a bit of a chicken and egg, but what are some of your thoughts on that? I was just going to say, I really, (laughs) that is a chicken egg (laughs) type uh, question. And I, um, It's funny that you should bring it up because my uh, son and I, one of my sons and I just had this conversation and we were both a little, you know, we were like, what should, what should all of us be doing? Because we belong to an association that is a bunch of uh, manufacturers and community college and Mm -hmm. um, high schools. And we all Mm -hmm. form together to try to help, you know, build a, good workforce. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're tossing around ideas and everything. And we found out the state of Illinois has passed some legislation that the schools have to be ready by certain dates and they're bringing vocational and, you know, tech classes back as far as, oh, um, skilled trades and that great. type of thing, yeah. which I think is great. Um, out of our three kids, our oldest, um, had the experience of shop class. And by the time our youngest went through the system, it was barely there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, it's sad, but they're bringing it back and they, you know, they have all these deadlines set up to bring it back. But, um, my son brought up the, the, you know, point of, shouldn't we be getting the kids ready because they can have the classrooms ready yeah. and everything, but shouldn't we be, you know, really, 
voicing it to the younger kids that mm-hmm. they need to give it a try and that type yeah. of thing. So mm-hmm. we were both going back and forth and, and, um, I, I'm not sure which one I, I was, let's get the classrooms ready because maybe they could use our products. I'm so, I, I was the business person mindset of that, <laughs> but I think if I had a younger kid, I probably would be switching more to, we need to get the kids ready. We need to really be introducing them to manufacturing and, and showing them our factories and what we do and the cool things we can make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, it's a toss up. We need a mix of all of us. All of the things. Yeah. I feel like exactly. it's tandem though. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't I say think, it's one or the other has to come first. I think they have to happen in tandem. Yeah. Which I think is what's happening yeah. as far as in Illinois right now, but I, I don't know how the rest of, you know, the country. Well, you is don't or... want to see happen is all of these resources going towards the equipment and the facilities, but then the interest on the part of the students isn't there. So exactly. I think that's not only do you want to do it because it makes sense. It's also like, you don't want to risk wasting, you know, those initiatives and that wonderful opportunity those students have to work on the this equipment. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's both. And, but I really love to hear that you're, you know, you're on the ground hearing that those changes are being introduced, you know, in terms yeah. of providing yeah. students with those opportunities. And I agree with you completely on having some shop experience for all students, yeah. boys, girls, all the students um, is so valuable for for themselves for how we think about manufacturing and even even if they're not going to go into it as a career I think having their hands on it and making something is is positive for them and they can take those skills into um, their adulthood and just you know be able to maintain their house better or their car or whatever even if it's not their career yeah. And, and ask good questions like, um, is this made with this, that, or the other, because then I am a, I'm a more informed consumer. So exactly. yeah, I think it's a win-win all around. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, those were some of my favorite classes. I know for yeah, sure. And yeah. I think some people yeah. never get an experience if they don't have a class. So then they miss out on that op- opportunity to exactly. learn their mm-hmm. whole yeah. life because nobody yeah. ever gives them that space. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's actually a guy on TikTok that is, um, I can't remember the name of his wait, account. Wait, but Sue, you said TikTok? Yes, You're I You're a TikToker? Yes, I am. Oh. Damn, well, lady, you're, um, are you sh- you're like a Gen Zer. <laughs> I got to keep up. I got to keep up. Um, Obsidian has a TikTok. So I have a TikTok to see what's wow. put out there for my company, but um, there's a guy and he's like, ask dad and his videos are, you know, maybe a minute long, but he goes through and, and tells you how to, you know, change your oil or change yeah. your tire. And I am like, that's really cool. And then, yeah. then it reality hits me that there's a lot of people that don't have anybody to teach him that. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of the sad part, but yeah, well, I think, I think it's coming back and I love that you're a part of that and that your family is a part of that. Yeah. So I'm a little scared to ask you to invite you into the next segment of our conversation because you're okay. so lightning years ahead of us. Uh-oh. So our, our final um, bit on our show is called, I just learned that. So this is the sentence oh. that we endeavor to okay. complete. I just learned that. And so 
I'm going to go ahead and invite Chris. <laughs> what have you just learned? Well, I just learned that uh, McKinsey did a survey um, this year that it's, they did the same survey back in 2016. And the survey was about the labor force and whether people call themselves independent workers or not. And Ooh. there are 37% of the labor force calls themselves an independent worker today. As compared to, I don't want to get this uh, wrong. No, sorry, 36% today. And it was 27% back in 2016. So uh, that's a really big shift mm -hmm. if you think about sure. The number of independent workers. Mm -hmm. And I guess the, you know, and I think this isn't a surprise to all of us coming out of, you know, COVID and remote work and some other things that, you know, has really been adopted by people, but they love the flexibility. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest reason. And apparently these people are more optimistic, they're more joyful. Uh, so it is just an interesting thing to think about as, you know, we talk a lot in this show about attracting people into the manufacturing workforce? How can you just be aware that people want that flexibility? How can you offer that to, the, to them? Is that like four hour or four day work weeks at 12 hour days? So they have a, a little bit more time off, you know, is it, you know, five days on four days off and, you know, just different schedules, you know, there's lots of different ways that I think that we as companies can start thinking about how do we attract people and give them these flexible options that they're looking mm -hmm. for? So I thought that was interesting, the, the amount of shift. It'll be interesting when they do it again in a few years, if it goes back down that percentage, because I just feel like it's not such a surprise that it's high after COVID, but, mm -hmm. uh, and kind of just the way the world works today. Think about Uber drivers and they right. would be classified as independent workers. So, uh. Yeah, you are so on to something. I mean, this could be a completely new episode, but there's like all this, are we hybrid? Are we in the office? Are we remote? And I think we just don't know, but paying attention to what people need and what they expect and what's going to work is and being patient and letting things happen. Um, so that's, mm -hmm. that's a really good insight to share about being an independent worker. Pros and cons there. Yep. Um, that's a great one. What about you, Lori? What did you just learn? So last podcast we recorded, you know, I we kind of talked about how I always find these research articles, which is ironic because that's what Chris just shared. Um, and I decided to take a more fun approach with this because it's it's a little <laughs> bit of a like self-reflection type thing. Something oh, I learned about myself. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um and 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 maybe it's something that's like greater. But anyway, so I, I know I've shared with you guys that I've been taking a lot uh on myself to improve my health. Um like being very physically active. I was I at one point hit, I think it was like 125 days in a row of working out at least 30 minutes a day. Um, and then I broke oh. that chain. Um, but what I found <laughs> is that now I'm, I don't want to, the word addicted is a bad word, but like I'm addicted to being active. Yeah. So I, it's just fascinating to me. So my, I've changed my lifestyle and now I, I'm like, if I'm just, if I haven't done anything, I like, I need to go for a walk or something. And I just think Good. that's fascinating that like I've made this huge shift. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, my mindset a few couple of years ago, wasn't necessarily in that space. It was like, come home from work, sit on the couch, watch TV. Yeah. And now I'm like, come home. Okay. Should I go for a bike ride? Should I go for a walk? Should I clean something? Like, it's just totally different. And I don't know. I'm just fascinated by that. That's awesome. That is great. That's so I assume you, you think it's great too, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're happy. I hope I don't stop this. I'm like, I want to keep this addiction. <laughs> the good addiction, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's all the research coming out and, and writing about habit formation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's sort of like you tapped into, you know, there's probably a brain and addiction lives very close to that. But if mm-hmm. you're looking at healthy habits, that's fantastic. So yeah, I just yeah. started a book today called do the work, like literally just started reading it mm-hmm. this morning, but it, it talks about that mind, body, soul connection. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times to make a shift in your mind, you have to make a shift in your body. And a lot yeah. of times, again, that's just moving more just yeah. make, start moving and moving more. And then all these other things, these other benefits take place. So that's, that's awesome. Great. That's awesome. Erin, what about you? Oh, me? Okay. This is so <laughs> goofy. This is just a goofy one, but I was listening to a really interesting interview with them. Um, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's directed the new David Bowie. It's sort of a biopic, but not really. Um, it's kind of an art film. And so they were talking about David Bowie, who, you know, I have, I'm interested in, but I'm not a super fan. Uh, but he was you know, a really cool and interesting person. I think he was brilliant. But this is kind of a goofy little bit. Apparently, David Bowie voiced a character. My kids love SpongeBob, you know. So he voiced one of the characters in SpongeBob, Lord, Lord Royal Highness. That oh. is David Bowie. So there you go. There's your little, there's your little tidbit for the there day. You know. <laughs> wow. Sue, Sue, what about you? Um, well, we had a discussion the other day in the office and I don't, it's not really like a, a fact or anything, but it was, it went down a road where we all did some self-reflection. Um, somebody had heard it on the radio, but it was talking about introverts and extroverts mm-hmm. and how introverts start out the day with so many coins. And as they go through the day, they give their coins away. And mm-hmm. when they are depleted, they feel depleted yeah. and extroverts, um, end up, uh, trying to collect coins all day long. Oh, right? Okay. Yeah. And I just thought that was really interesting. That, um, analogy of, yeah. you know, of, yeah, like cause I was like, that makes a lot of sense to me. So yeah. I would be the one starting out with a bunch of coins and hit a brick wall when I used them all up. <laughs> oh, we just sucked a bunch of coins out of here right now. But I, I just, it was like a, you know, a light bulb came out of my head and yeah. I'm like, that makes oh. a lot of sense. Yeah, so, yeah. Totally. yeah. I like yeah. it too. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. Okay. Well, um, we're getting ready to wrap up. So Sue, we want you to tell our audience where they can find you, where they can learn about your awesome products and brands, where are they going to find you at? You can visit our website at obsidianmfg.com. And, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm open to connect, um, Twitter, uh, that's TikTok, apparently. Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll get all those up in the show notes and it's a, thank you so much for joining us. Well, today. thank you for having thank me. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the conversation. Yeah.
Wonderful. All right. Until next time. Thank right. you. Until next time, everyone. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.